Okay, then. Ron Wolfley. Ron Wolfley. What is up? <laughs> Witch Buster. Extraordinaire. Love that guy. Luke Lipinski. Yay. Wolf and Luke. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Live from the Auction Community Studios on this Wednesday morning, it is the Wolf and Luke Show. Wolf, what's going on over there? Not a whole lot. How you doing, Luke? You ready to broadcast? Yeah, I'm ready for these. Uh, ah. these <laughs> apparently you are. I could just honestly right <laughs> now, you could feel it right now, right? Especially after last night, the Diamondbacks sliding the shorts on and pulling them up tight. Okay, I'm back to earth a little bit on the Diamondbacks right now, but still, I'm very, very optimistic. Having said all of that, we know what looms, do we not? Suns fans, we know what looms. D-backs, to be fair, were facing Corbin Burns last night, and yes. today, and we'll, we'll obviously look at this game, we're going to talk to Amiel Sade as well, but they, they play an early game today. They are facing the pitcher with the best pitcher name maybe ever for Milwaukee. Yes. Jansen Junk. <laughs> It sounds like a movie character, doesn't you gotta it? you got to be kidding me. Jansen, Jansen junk. junk. Yes. That's who they're facing. You know, it's one of those deals. You, you wonder if his last name was Junker or something like that. Junkington. Right? Junkington. And he just said, you know what? I, I'm going to change my name to Junk. The first it just sounds so well, good. Junk. I mean, it's genius, even if he voluntarily changed it. I was The first time I ever saw it, I was worried it was going to be like Dutch or something. And it was like Jansen Junk. No, no, no. It's Jansen <laughs> Junk. Like, you thought lean, it was going to be Dutch. <laughs> just lean right into it. Uh, all right. But we're going to start with the Suns, who... Have a playoff game on Sunday. We got a little play-in action last night that I'm going to hold off on because we're going to get into that later on the show because that was a circus last night. Uh, But our own Kellen Olson has a story up on ArizonaSports.com today, and he's going through. It's part two of his his, uh, first-round preview against the Clippers, Wolf. And part two's title is Phoenix's Decisive Advantages. And he goes through, I think, you know, some of those, obviously, we could all pick out that, you know, the Suns are uh, certainly on paper uh, a better team than the Clippers. But uh, one thing he points out is is what a lot of us view as a potential, I don't want to say weakness, but like a potential, like Achilles heel for the Suns, is their lack of experience, this group together, right? Kellen does a really good job in this piece detailing how it's not like the Clippers have had continuity either. So while that might be a disadvantage against a different team, it probably shouldn't be against the Clippers. Yeah, um, it's interesting because uh, I love the article from Kellen, of course. He's does such great work. He really does. Uh, when it comes to the Phoenix Suns base earnings, I'll tell you right now, there's nobody I'd rather talk to. Nobody that this is officially Kellen season this right is, now. I absolutely respect his work so much and love his work. But having said that right now, it's interesting because the advantages and the disadvantages, of course, you have to take them into consideration in terms of pressure and what pressure will do. And that is the problem. Now we're talking about games that matter, really, really, really matter, games that matter in terms of a playoff series. And now the pressure is turned up, Luke. It's turned up. And that exposes a lot of things. Whatever your weakness is, whatever it is, it'll be exposed because of the pressure. Because pressure, once it comes down on you, it makes you do one of two things. Run or get better. Well, that's that's why this is such an interesting story. And he's doing a series all week. But this one in particular... Because it looks at what you just said, okay? 
all of all of your weaknesses on, on both teams are going to be exposed, okay? Well, I could name quite a few in this matchup that I would consider weaknesses for the Clippers, starting with the fact that they aren't as talented as the Suns on paper. <laughs> and that right there is where I start as well. Yeah. And, the Suns are more talented, ladies and gentlemen, celebrate, because <laughs> that's a big one. And I don't know that the Clippers are going to be able to overcome that. They also don't have Paul George. But the one that you would have said was, okay, yeah, but the Suns, I mean, it's kind of an unknown, right? They haven't played together all that much. As Kellen details in the story, neither has this group of the Clippers. They've had to change things up. They got a little stagnant there for a while. Now they don't have Paul George. In fact, here, let's just hear from Paul George on his uh, podcast, Podcast P, Yesterday, giving an update on his leg. The leg is good, man. I'm uh, I'm making progress. You know how we when we first was shooting, I was two crutches. Yeah, yeah. Then I went to one crutch. To one crutch. Come on now, I'm no crutch. I'm crutch. No crutch. Now you walking. You crutchless. look. You look good. Better brace. Better brace. I Do got that a again, Ferrari brace. Yeah. Ooh. Okay. Good for Paul George. Okay, that's good, Paul. On a personal level. Yeah. But if you're telling me you have two teams going into a playoff series and one has Kevin Durant and they haven't lost with them and the other one one of their two best players isn't on crutches right now, Yeah, I'm going to take the team with KD. Yeah, no, that's where I start when you talk about advantages and disadvantages. I, I'm, I'm parachuting in from 30,000 feet, and the very first thought I have, talent. <laughs> more talented. And right now, the Phoenix Suns are the more talented team in this series. Isn't that right, Devin Booker? And then, of course, Kevin Durant. Yeah, just stop right there. Those two names. Good enough. You throw those two names out there. That's real good, man. I don't care who you are right now. Yeah, I had this thought yesterday after the show, uh, and I get, I get why Valley sports fans are hesitant to be overconfident, right? You don't want to be overconfident. No. I, I think most of us were pretty confident they were going to be Dallas last year, and they didn't. So I totally get it. And I, I, I get the history. The team's never won a title. But if you just took the, the playoff teams that are left and – you, you you set aside their city or their team name. You just looked at all the rosters and this, hey, this is Team A, this is Team B. This, whatever team the Suns were, hey, this, this is Team whatever, G, you're going to take them in a series over pretty much everybody except maybe Milwaukee. I know it's still weird to be like, is that really Kevin Durant in the Suns uniform? Yeah. Oh, is he going to stay healthy? Are the Suns really going to win because we've gotten our hopes up before? But if you just looked at the rosters, yeah. there's no way you're picking the Clippers over the Suns. Yeah, no, you're not doing that. But once again, here's the thing, ladies and gentlemen. The Clippers are the more physical team. Okay, so that, again, I, I believe if there is an Achilles heel for the Phoenix Suns, it's their physicality or lack thereof. Uh, I, that is my own uh, uh, assertion, that if there is a weakness with the Phoenix Suns, it's a lack of physicality. I don't think they're a very physical bunch. I, I just I, I think teams are going to come in here. The Clippers are going to be more physical. Kawhi Leonard, Nicholas Batum, uh, Zubats, Mason Plumley. you better believe it. Marcus Morris, if Marcus Morris gets healthy How's as he well. on every team? That, and that is every the thing Every team right the Suns now. play, Marcus just, Morris is it on. It is. It's like Marcus Morris. But here's the one thing he does well, and that is getting your grill. The one thing he does well is he plays really, really physically. And because of that, again, I, I think the Clippers are the more physical team. I think the Suns are the better defensive team. But I think the Clippers are the deeper team. As a matter of fact, if you look at their bench scoring, they're number three in the association. 41.5 coming off the bench. Number three all season long. Okay, the Suns are are 11. Not bad, but not number three. No. 
I think they have a deeper bench. They do, and everything you just said, and a lot of that was detailed in Kellen's piece, who also just released uh, the third one, where the X Factor is Russell Westbrook. I haven't read that because he just dropped it like five seconds ago. But, yeah. um, but so the X Factor for me is not Russell Westbrook. Oh, it's not. You guys can. No, well, I haven't, I haven't read the context of this uh, this story yet. But what I'll just say is this: all those 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 names he just threw out there. The Clippers are good at adjusting. They're good at being physical. They're not. They're not an easy opponent. But and especially Tyron Lue. Like I know Suns fans feel like Monty Williams got out coached in the playoffs last year. Monty Williams is still a good coach. But Tyron Lue's a really good coach. So yes, it's he possible is. he may out coach Monty. But that might not be enough, honestly, because everything. Everything you just said makes sense until it's like, can uh, Nicholas Batum shut down Kevin Durant for seven games? Yeah. He cannot. <laughs> and that's sad. Right. I think it's, it's. And that goes back to the Suns being more talented. Celebrate, yeah. everybody. The, the, Strike up the band, give me the baton, and celebrate, Basin Orleans, because they are more talented. But having said that, again, when you consider everything, never forget here's the X factor. And we'll go into this deeper the next time we talk about this. The playoffs are more physical. That's the X factor. When I talk, I, I think the Clippers are the more physical team. That's an advantage for them in this series. Never forget, you're talking about the context of the playoffs getting more physical. How physical will the referees allow this series to be? That's the X factor, if you ask me. Also, a pretty good chance we're going to talk to one of the Suns players in the 1 o'clock hour today, too. Uh, but we don't know for sure and who just yet. So stay tuned for that. We come back. Jonathan Gannon has spoken. His offseason strength and conditioning programs got underway yesterday for the Cardinals. So how is the new head coach feeling about his new team? You'll hear next. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Wolf and Luke. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. All right, Wolf, we got into this a little bit yesterday, but it was happening as the show was going on. Cardinals with uh, their first day of strength and conditioning. Kyler Murray was there. Love it. Not really strengthening or conditioning. He's rehabbing, but it doesn't matter. He's there. Um, Not everybody was there. We can get into that in a little bit. But uh, Jonathan Gannon did address the team for the first time. Then he addressed the media, and they asked him what it was like to address the team for the first time. Awesome. Yeah, it was cool. We got good guys, so it was uh, it was cool. And I've talked to everybody, you know, but to get them all in one room. And, um, you know, you got 10 weeks of the offseason program, so I didn't give them everything today. But uh, introduce some things that what I think is important for us as we hit this phase um, in the, the year-long process of an NFL season and uh, my expectations of that. And uh, just basically describe to them, you know, it's going to take a little bit of time, but we're going to, you know, clearly define everybody's role and what's expected on a day-to-day basis. So um, it was cool. They uh, they had some good input about it. Man, oh, I would have loved to have been in that room, just sitting in the corner quietly, not saying a word to anybody, not even looking, not even making eye contact at anybody, just to hear a professional football coach, an NFL coach, get up in front of his team and say, this is who we are, and this is how we're going to do things around here. And it starts 
today for the first time ever. Oh, man. That would be pretty cool. Look, oh, I'd love that. I could just feel it already. The intensity culture is what it's all about. Who wants to walk around and do something about it? Who wants to actually walk around and maybe engage in the essence of a thought as to this is how we're going to be? This is the kind of player that we're looking for. Can you be that player? Can you be that guy? Luke Lipinski. You know, I I mean, it's a challenge immediately to anybody who is a competitor and anybody that has played the game, especially at the highest level we can generate. Oh, man, I can just feel that. It's just washing and dripping over me right now. What do you make of two players in particular? <laughs> Was that over the top? Because no. <laughs> I'm telling you right now. The first day. This is, I know that. It's not even just is, the first day. It's the know, first day ever for this, this group. This is what people think. They think I'm putting this on. <laughs> no. I, <laughs> should I be offended? I think you should be offended that this is you. I should they don't understand how critical this is and how awesome it is to be I, I part can vouch of that. That for anybody that believes that Wolf oh my has a different persona on the air, <laughs> he does not. Thank you for that, Luke. This I is, appreciate this that. This is during the pre-show meeting. This wow. is during the breaks. This is in the hallway. This is in the news. This is Wolf right hey, here. You know what? What happened, Jonathan Gannon? He should have got up in front of the team, and this is what he should have said. Ready. What are you going to do about it? (laughs) That's it. What are you going to do about it, man? Because it starts today. This is how we do it. Okay, you know what I mean? This is a little soft. Yes, you could bust it out of the dance floor. I get it. But still, you know, when a man loves a woman, he's going to go bust it out on the dance floor, my young crunks. Even the Montel? Right now. Okay, but yeah. I mean, this is, it's tunnel time music is what it is. It starts today. What are you going to do about it? So that question that you've asked, if Jonathan Gannon had asked it, Kyler Murray would have heard it because he's there. DeAndre Hopkins would not have heard it because he's not there. (sighs) Okay. Well, D-Hop, I think we all understand D-Hop. Um, it's probably a good thing that he wasn't there, only from the standpoint he's not going to be there at some point in time. And, you know, I don't know. If he's not going to be there at some point in time, if you are going to trade DeAndre Hopkins at some point in time, which I think the Arizona Cardinals are, you've got this new regime, why let him inside (laughs) at all right now? As a matter of fact, this is something Monty's got to start thinking about. You're going to trade D-Hop. You definitely don't want him looking at your playbooks, right? You don't no, want him actually. You, you don't want him doing that. You're probably going to have to move him at some point in time before he, you pass out your playbooks. Give him like a fake playbook. He's going to be like, this doesn't look right, guys. Uh, here's Jonathan Gannon on how he has still been in communication with D-Hop. Uh, we'll see. You know, I've been in, in communication with D-Hop, and um, I want to do what's best for him and us at the same time. So when he's ready to come, he'll come and, and uh, improve his game too. Okay, so that's the story. I get it. Everyone, yeah. DeAndre Hopkins wasn't there. Right. The story to me, Wolf, if you're going by his Instagram account, Isaiah Simmons isn't there either. That's the story to me. Let's see. Isaiah Simmons isn't there. Well, it is voluntary right now. It is voluntary. Well, Kyler Murray 
All anybody ever talks about is how Kyler doesn't step up and be a leader and go the extra. Kyler Murray is there. So does that to me. <laughs> yeah, Kyler, I'm so jacked up. You were there, Kyler. Doesn't Excellent. that raise the bar for everybody else that they also should be there? Yeah, yeah. Listen, you would imagine, okay, this is day one. This is day one. Our head coach, Jonathan Gannon, is going to get up in front of the team and actually address the team. Day one. Here it is. The offseason begins right now. Yeah, you would imagine. If you were ready to go, it is voluntary based on it. Never forget that. But you would imagine you'd want to be there for the first day. Yeah, I'd, I would want to be there Again, for the, the first, first day. day ever. That's just me. I know. It's not the first day of the 2023 season. Here it starts on on April 11th. No, it, it's the first day with the new coach and the I new know. coaching staff. And by the way, it's a defensive head coach. And right. You know my thoughts on Isaiah Simmons. I've been all in since day one. And we went into last year and I was like, this guy's got the upside to be like a national name. And I, I had more confidence in him and Z- than Zayvon Collins. And I'm starting to wonder if I'm wrong about that, if I had those two flipped. I love him. I do. But I think he needs um, he needs a jolt. That's what I think right now. And the fact that he's not there, I don't know. I don't know why he would not be there on the first day. I don't know why. I would just out of curiosity, I'd want to know what Jonathan Gannon was going to say to the team on the very first day. I would just want to know. Even though he's walked around, even though he's had conversations with a lot of guys individually, um, I would want to know what my head coach was going to say. I'm under contract going into this year right now, whether the Cardinals pick up that fifth-year option or not. I have no idea. Maybe he knows something we well, don't. And that, by the, let's, let's clear this up, too. I, I'm not suddenly saying Isaiah Simmons isn't as good of a player as he was two days ago because he, it looks like, wasn't at uh, voluntary strength and conditioning. It's sure. not that. It's the they haven't picked up the fifth-year option. Now maybe he shows up and he's there today. I don't know, but if you're starting to, if you're starting this whole run out with, okay, they haven't picked up the fifth year option, and maybe he's not going to be there at the start, and that's just none of it's trending the way I like. I Isaiah know. Simmons should be yeah. a guy you're building around. Yeah, no doubt. I, and I wonder what the conversations have been with Jonathan Gannon right now. I, I wonder what the conversations have been with the coaching staff. I, I wonder what the conversations has been with Monty Ossenfort and what the nature of that has been. I do. I wonder what that is right now. I think it would clear it up for us, but Isaiah Simmons is pivotal to me. After Kyla Murray, for me, Luke, and I've said this many times, Isaiah Simmons is the guy I want to see grow the most. And I think it might involve saying, listen, we're in a situation right now that is really, really tough for us. We don't know if you're going to fit into this defense. Will you go show us? Will you go do it? That's what Will I thought. Will you go play? What are you going to do about it? That's why I'm 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 not, that's why I'm upset he wasn't there. So he could hear Jonathan Cannon say, "What are you going to do well, about it?" Well, that was again, it was one of the first things I thought when I when I saw that it it seems like he's not there's not like reports that he's not there, but it sure seems like he isn't. Was you when we had this conversation about the fifth year option a month ago saying, "Hey, it's not the worst thing if they don't pick it up. Let him come in and prove yes. that he's the guy." Yeah. To me, it's more important that he's there than almost anybody then, because <laughs> I want him on this team. I, I'm 
about as convinced as you can be that this guy's going to be really good in the NFL in two years. Now, he might be at the start of this season, too, but in two yes. years. And I'm not sure that's going to be on the Cardinals. Here's the most dangerous thing in the world is I want the Arizona Cardinals. This is just me, base. I don't need to look at Isaiah Simmons and say, prove it. And you better not blink. You better not. Because you better be ready to pay him if he does. Yeah. Text us your thoughts to the FanDuel text line at 620-620 right now. All right. <laughs> we come back. Play-in games last night. The Lakers survived. It seems like they have an easier path than they probably should, but they didn't look real impressive last night. So we'll get into all that next. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Suns run to the playoffs coverage. Brought to you by Canvas Annuity. Score up to 6.25% on your retirement savings. I don't even know if I should say what a game last night because I don't think that's the right way to uh, describe Lakers Timberwolves. First of all, Wolf, we got a couple games tonight. We got Bulls Raptors and we got Thunder Pelicans. Okay. Okay. So these are elimination games tonight. You lose one of these two games, you're just done. Just get out. Okay. Oh, darn. Last <laughs> Yeah. Oh, no, we might lose the Thunder. Gotta love it, right? I mean, honestly, right now, this is this is why I love the playing tournament, the NBA. Way to go, Adam Silver. Yay. Adam Silver. Yay. Way to go, Beat Adam. Saints. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> I honestly, um, it's just a, a, a great move by the NBA. I'm fully embracing this. I just love it now after a few years. You know how you always say on the show that it's important to really uh, build up your wins and, and gloat about them? Yeah. And, and, and all <laughs> well, the times you're right. You got to be able to talk it when you can, basic audience. <laughs> uh, no, you, you typically say that uh, you need to admit when you're wrong. And um, you of know, course. I'd like to build this up by saying, let's see, I was right about. Uh, John Rahm winning the Masters. I was right about uh, Kevin Durant's exact point total. I think I'm 6-1 and one in Kevin or Devin. But man, Luke. was I wrong about the New Orleans Pelicans being good this year. I know. I really thought they were going to be a dangerous team. And yes, some of that is that Zion doesn't play. But also, when you predict that New Orleans is going to be good, you need to factor in the fact that Zion is not even a part-time player. He's like a temp player. Boy. So, uh, yeah, I'll go ahead and own that I was wrong about that. I thought the Pelicans were going to be dangerous. This year, Zion. Um, can I talk to you for a minute? Could you come over here, please? I just liked it. Did you hear him yesterday? They're like, "Hey, when are you going to play again?" And he's like, "When I feel like Zion." Oh my! Uh, physically, I'm fine. Now it's just a matter of uh, when I feel like Zion. I know the atmosphere I'd be in uh, based off like the playoff experience. Uh, so now it's just a matter of when I feel like Zion. I don't know how else to say it. Uh, it just sucks. Uh, I love this game. I say it over and over. For those people that think that I just want to sit on the skyline just to sit over there, I don't know why people think that. But, uh, nah, it sucks. I just, I just want to be playing basketball. Excuse me. I, I'm sorry, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, no, I, you're going to have to address I, I, no, this. I'm sorry about this. Zion, can I see you for a minute? <laughs> Come over here for a minute. Okay, yeah, in this room. Thank you. I, I mean... <laughs> He's referring to himself in the third person now? Well, yes. Yes, he is. And when he I feel said, like Zion. He said Stop it. Never there. do that, Luke. <laughs> if you do that once, I'm telling you right now. Well, Luke Lipinski's going to do what Luke Lipinski's going to do. <laughs> Honestly, just get up and walk out. Okay? Uh, what I, if I refer to myself as Zion? It, it's time to stop referring to yourself, Zion, in the third person. Don't bury the lead here. 
We did not coordinate that. I threw out a random quote that I read somewhere, and Maloney had it queued up and ready to go within less than one <laughs> <Okay>. second. That <laughs> is the much bigger deal than anything Zion just said. Hey, you know what? I'm used to it. That's, okay? that's pretty impressive even for her. There was no coordination that we were going to talk about Zion in this segment. Okay, I'm just saying, Zion right now, please, somebody needs to get in his face and talk to him and let him know. You know what? It's, it's hard, Zion. It's hard. It's hard to compete. It's hard to stay healthy. But you've got to try to do it. Okay? Thank you. What if he could do a 360 Duncan warm-ups before the game? Would that change your opinion? At that all? would. Okay. Yeah, definitely. Uh, that game last night, first of all, you had the Hawks beating the Heat. Okay, that's okay, cool. Okay, great. Lakers yes. win. They beat the Timberwolves. And that was kind of a big deal. I don't, I don't want to just gloss over that, honestly, because I thought Miami yeah, was going to win. I thought they would, too. Yeah. I think most people did. I th- okay, taste it. Okay, good. Next. But, but they're not done yet. Again, the Heat will play the winner of uh, Raptors-Bulls. Whoever wins that game tonight will play the Heat, and the winner will be the eighth seed. I, I cannot believe that the Atlanta Hawks were actually more physical than Miami. More physical. That blew my mind. True. But we don't want to waste time on that game because okay, we're running. We're almost up against the break. Lakers Timberwolves. What happened what to Minnesota? Doing? What are you doing? Uh, look, we all. I, I think everybody assumed the Lakers were going to win the game, but then Minnesota was up eleven at halftime, and you thought, "Hey, the Lakers don't look great. This should be a win for Minnesota." And then they proceeded to score twelve points in the fourth <laughs> and four in overtime. Oh my! I don't even know how they got to overtime. What are you doing? <laughs> I, I honestly, I was standing up going, what are you doing? Anthony Edwards. What? Who are you? That has to be the worst game of his have, career. Have you ever seen the, the Invasion of the Body Snatchers based on earnings? Go ahead and Google it. I think they actually remade it, my young crunks, at some point in time. The Invasion of the Body Snatchers. Have you ever seen Hustle okay, starring yeah. Anthony Edwards? No. No. And Adam Sandler? No. Uh, I, okay. I've, I've not. You Why? watch that and I'll watch your movie. Okay. <laughs> Good. You know, I'll go, who are you and what have you done with Anthony Edwards? That's what I'd like to know. The the end of the game was as bizarre as you, right, Luke? Yes. You're watching it going, this is not <laughs> happening. What? Who are you people? It was one of the worst played fourth quarters and into overtime that I have ever seen in the association in a, in a game that meant something. I, I don't even know that it needs, you don't need to qualify it with a game that meant something. That was like a bad Vegas Summer League game. What are you doing? The fourth quarter of this game where Minnesota scored 12 points, but three of them were courtesy of Mike Conley at the free throw line at the very end because he got fouled when the game was over by Anthony Davis. He scored a quarter of their points. And it was a foul. It was. What are you doing, Anthony Davis? The game should have been over there, and then Mike Conley scores literally a quarter of Minnesota's fourth quarter points with one trip to the free throw line, somehow get to overtime, and they do nothing Can in overtime. Can you imagine the pressure, though, on Mike Conley, too? There's so many other things I want to say about this game, and we haven't even, the, the, the segment is almost over. Segment. This beautiful part of the program is almost over. And hey, we haven't even really got into it yet, but at the same time, we're talking about this again. Are we talking about this yes, again? We're we talking are. about yeah. this again. Yeah. Okay. The turnovers. <laughs> oh, were you where the Lakers kept throwing the ball to Minnesota? The, tur- the turnovers. This was forty-five turnovers in the game, <laughs> brothers. Think about that for a minute. The T Wolves had twenty-four turnovers, and the Lakers had twenty-one. Nineteen points by the Lakers in the fourth quarter. Nineteen. 
only to be outdone, as Luke said, by the T-Wolves 12. It was the free throws to end the game, the, the players disappearing. Carl Anthony Towns. Sometimes it's because you're on the bench. I understand that. You're on the bench, but man, when because you were you off keep the bench, fouls. it kept looking like you tried to get back on the bench. <laughs> I'm going to go out there again. I'll just foul Players reappearing out of nowhere to make a play, Anthony Davis. It was, I, I, I could not even believe what I was watching. And then LeBron standing at center court celebrating like they just like took down the, <laughs> the 97 Bulls or something. Like, you barely edge Minnesota. Minnesota. By the way, Minnesota, who was missing Rudy Gobert, if he doesn't punch a teammate and get suspended, they probably just win that game last night. Thanks, Rudy. Uh, missing Jaden McDaniels, who's a pretty good defender. Now, I don't know if it would help because nobody was scoring anyway, but there were moments in the fourth quarter, Wolf, where it was like, this is so bad. I can't look away. Now, oh, hey, it's 95 90. And then, like, 17 <laughs> minutes later, oh, hey, it's still 95 90. Oh, my goodness. It was unbelievable. It was awful. Some of the worst basketball I've ever seen. You kept thinking, like, Minnesota's never going to score again, so the Lakers are going to win. And then the Lakers just kept throwing the ball to Minnesota on inbounds passes. Yes, and what was the offense they were running at the end of the game, Anthony Edwards? (laughs) We quit? I don't know. Anthony, did you fix the game? Did you throw it? it, They talk about assist-to-turnover ratio, right? His points to turnover ratio oh. was nine to four. We're talking about one of the best young Brothers, players in if basketball. If you haven't seen it, just go watch the fourth quarter. Oh. Honestly, yeah, but like, and you'll know what we're talking about. I would, I would suggest doing it on fast forward. Uh, Foo Fighters will be playing uh, Talking Stick Resort Amphitheater October third. General on sale begins this Friday at ten a.m. Head to the contest page on ArizonaSports.com for complete details and your chance to win tickets. We come back. How much can we expect from Zaven Collins in terms of taking the next step this season? We'll get into that next. He talked about it yesterday. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Wolf and Luke, Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Okay, well, the other half of that's... Inside linebacker equation. We'll talk a little bit about Isaiah Simmons earlier because it doesn't appear he's uh, he's at the strength and conditioning for the Cardinals, or at least didn't appear like he was there yesterday. Yeah. But Zayvon Collins was there. And Zayvon Collins, you know, we talked so much uh, when Zach Allen was leaving for Denver about how he was, or at least I talked a lot about how I thought he was one of the few bright spots last season, and I, and I still think he was probably the biggest bright spot. But I think you could you could qualify Zayvon Collins as a bright spot last year, right? He, yes. he developed yes. in a pretty good no, way. He did. Uh, it was incremental. There's no doubt about that. But Zayvon Collins from the beginning of the season to the end of the season got incrementally better. No denying that. I was very encouraged. Uh, he talked about that actually yesterday. Oh, a lot, yeah. Mentally, you know, making things right all the time and just trying to, you know, accommodate for things that go wrong during the game, being able to come to the sideline and say, hey, this is happening right now. And uh, that's what I was good at in, you know, college and, you know, first year trying to understand how that process works in the game. Obviously, at the NFL, it's a whole different level. And then, you know, going to my second year, it really just, you know, picked up for me and let me, you know, I was quit thinking, just react. And there was some, you know, times where it was like, you know, I'm getting hit in the face with different stuff don't know what I'm seeing and that happens to everyone you just got to go and you know tell them what you see and you know it's so hard looking at that blue book on the sideline or you know you can't see anything until you get to the film room but um I think I grew a lot last year 
Yeah, no, there's no denying the fact that he grew a lot. And what's interesting to me, for the most part, if you go back and you look at it, Basinonians, the when you're a rookie and you're trying to make your way in the National Football League, you're going to make a splash typically in your first year or your third. <laughs> a lot of the time, I don't know why that is. A lot of people call it the sophomore slump, of it's a course. Good point, though, yeah. But but a lot of the times, it takes some guys a little bit longer. It takes them longer to really. Aha! I get it. And once that aha moment comes, oh my goodness, that's when the guy blows up. For me right now, I think this third season coming up for Zabin Collins right now could be that moment for a couple of reasons. He got incrementally better last year, but now he's going to have somebody else looking at him. That immediately jabs you in the ribs, Luke. That immediately is is a taser right into the... Have you ever been tased, by the way? No, I have not. I mean, that's, that should have been the first question you ever asked you me. You know, I, I, I know it is. Um, it's something I've wondered about many, many times, ladies and gentlemen. Wait, so you haven't been tased either? No, what does it feel like to be tased? I, I, I honestly, I... I'm not asking to be tased, but I do <laughs> well, wonder. He's looking up tasers on, online right I, now for I the show. I do wonder just, just what it feels like to be tased. I'm and guessing there's a not bit great. Of me, there's a bit of me that, you know, uh, okay, yeah. Um, I, I wouldn't mind trying it. If, okay, just explain. Just to see what it, well, it, that, it doesn't kill you, right? <laughs> other it's, things I mean, I'd we all know it try. doesn't. So, I so, think what tried. you're meaning to say is Luke and I need to go in to buy a taser, and then we need to get this on video. I told you, if you brought I'm this up, saying, she, she'll, she'll have like, them by the happens? end of the show. You know, I, I see it, you know, bad boys, bad boys, what you're going to do sometimes. Just plays, sometimes yeah. you just, boom. You, you, they jab you with the taser. Yeah. But you do wonder, like, what does it feel doesn't like? doesn't look like it feels good. It does I, no, I don't I ever wonder. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't ever find myself sitting around and be like, what would it okay. be like to be tased? All right. But why did I say, okay, tased? Yeah. Why did I say that? I, I have no idea know. why I actually brought that up. But I will tell you, Basin Ornings, right now, that I expect Zayvon Collins to tase some people. This year. Oh, I remember why. You were saying because he's got a new coach and a new set of he's eyes got looking a at him. New coach like and a new set of eyes him. looking at him right now. And I think this is exactly what this young man needs right now. The first two years, Zaven Collins didn't make a big splash his, his rookie year. No doubt about that. He did not make a big splash. Hey, year two, he was getting incrementally better. Year three, I think he's going to explode. Well, see, it, this goes both ways, right? Because what you're saying is, hey, here's a positive. You got a new set of eyes. You got a new coach looking yes. at you. Yes. The, the flip side, though, and we can ask Hassan Reddick about this sometime, is you don't want to keep changing defensive coordinators as you're developing. Now, I'll go back to the, the good side of things. You now have a defensive head coach and Nick Rollis who had a lot of success under this defensive head coach in Philadelphia. Like You have two defensive minds that almost won a Super Bowl last year. So it's, it's a good thing. I just don't want to make a habit of it. You know what I mean? Because this is how Hassan Reddick ended up being really good on a different team because they kept changing yeah. coaches around them. And then yeah. by the time his contract was up, he went somewhere else. Yeah, I, I guess what I'm thinking of is Zayvon Collins and the way he needs to be challenged. It's one of the reasons why I'm so fired up about Isaiah Simmons. It is. And how I hope Isaiah Simmons is going to show up today if he didn't show up yesterday. Once again. I, I I am jacked up for Isaiah because I think this is exactly what Isaiah needs. 
Somebody challenging him, Luke. Somebody saying, this is who we think you can be. Go be it. What are you doing? You've got all this talent. You've got all this ability. Isaiah, this is what we see you doing. And this is who we think you are. Go do it. He needs to be challenged by somebody who doesn't know, doesn't have that relationship with him. He needs to be challenged. Yeah, I. every time you say Isaiah Simmons' name, it just hurts me right now. I think it's the opposite of the Corbin Carroll effect, where every time he gets a hit, you know he's here for eight years at least. <laughs> every time you say Simmons' name, I'm like, man, I was so in on this guy last year, and I'm ready to be so in yeah, this year, but, but, but I'm worried he's not going to be here in oh, two years. Okay, but honestly, right now, stop and think about it. He's going to be there. This year. this year, he's going yeah. to be there one way or the other. He's going to come in at some point in time if he wasn't there yesterday. OK, and that's the at least the reports I'm getting right now that he was not there yesterday. OK, I was I disappointed in that. Yes, I was. There was no doubt about it. Again, JG's up there addressing the team as a team for the first time. What are you going to do about it? We're going to challenge you right now. This is who we are. I, I would, I would want buy-in from the players if at all possible. Now I don't know. Maybe it's something you know personal yeah, that knows? was going on. Who knows? who knows what it was? Okay, but I'd love to see him show up and be involved soon. Well, here's more from Zayvon Collins because yesterday was a lot about just identifying and beginning to establish what sort of culture Jonathan Gannon wants. I asked him the first day, I said, can you send me the deal? He said, don't worry about it. I got it. I was like, okay. <laughs> but that's fine because like, he still has to work through everything. I think I asked him, like, you know, he got signed after the Super Bowl and it was like, I was like, he needed probably a a little bit of a break from football himself. He just got off of however many weeks that is, 21 weeks plus preseason. So it was like, uh, I was like, dang, I probably should pump the brakes a little bit too. I've been sitting on the couch. He just got <laughs> he just got off the plane here from Arizona. So it was like um, that, yeah. So I think that's fine, you know what I mean? Like he has a plan and like he's the head coach now. He's the head man. He's the dude He's the dude running the ship. So, you know, whatever he says, go. We just got to buy in and listen. And that's the biggest thing, you know, having our trust in him and which we do. And uh, he's going to put our trust his trust in us. Yeah, and you know, right now we still have some things that have got to shake out the way they got to shake out. We here we still have some things that are an open book right now. Speaking of books, speaking of playbooks, we'll get that to you when we we absolutely have some type of resolution. I'm just saying, Basinonians, that's my suspicion. I'm not saying I'm right on that. I am not. I could be dead wrong, but I. I yeah, I think a, a little bit of that is going on right now. The roster is still is still a little fluid. Does that make sense? Yeah, I'm gonna play one more from Zayvon Collins talking about leadership. Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, they uh, the leadership role of last year for me was like, you know, I can be a leader when I earn the right to be a leader. You know, and guys, I think, you know that I've talked to, JT's one of them, Buddha's one of them, Zay, all those guys, like, they, they trusted me, and they I earned their trust, so, like, mid through the season, I could tell them, like, hey, you know, we don't want to do this, or let's do this, and Buddha would be like, no, we're doing this, so I was like, okay, we'll do what Buddha wants to do, <laughs> but um, that's kind of how it goes, though, so, but you have to earn the trust, like, you have to earn your way to be able to argue with those guys, and I think uh, I earned their trust last year, but yes, taking that stepping stone of being a loser, leader is something I definitely want to do. This is why this kid's got a chance. This is exactly why he's got a chance. Oh, my goodness. The humility of Zayvon Collins. 
This is why I think he's going to have a breakout year because he's going to be challenged, and that is going to be a challenge to him. He, he's not going to like it, and he's going to respond because he is a humble guy. I. This is why this kid has a chance to explode. The the variables are floating around inside of a paradigm that is highly athletic inside that frame. He's got every gift that you would want. Now it's time for him to embrace all of that goodness. Well, he knows rule number one, too, of do whatever Buddha says. He seems to have learned that pretty well. Uh, when we come back, how are the Suns feeling heading into round one of the playoffs? One of the guys talked about it, and you'll hear what he's, uh, his mindset is next. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader.